Greetings and Happy New Year, my uh, my friends and fellow nobodies. Uh, you guys remember right around this time last year, um, I, I we put out an episode, and in that episode's intro, I uh, relayed the uh, the life factoid that not only had I just had my second child. But I was also unable to stay in the hospital with her because of uh, contracting COVID. Well, uh, once bitten, twice shy, I think is what they say. I don't know if it pertains to this whatsoever, but uh, <laughs> day before my, my youngest's first birthday, I again have <laughs> contracted COVID. So... Uh, it's been a long, long hard road of being sick and shit, but we did, uh, we, we actually did record an episode, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a, a fun, informative romp through the history of uh, Russia, because, you know, if something crazy is going to happen, it's going to happen there, more than likely, at least we'll find out about it a hundred years down the line. Um, I think my fascination with this episode's content, uh, which I had heard of before, is is that if there's one thing in this, this existence that can can truly pique my 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 magical love of the world around us, it's when an act or uh, uh, just an impact of one thing in one place on our planet can be felt across the entire thing, whether that be uh, felt emotionally or uh, felt physically, like this thing pretty much kind of was. Something that can touch and change our planet um, is the the power behind something like that is terrifying it's 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 lovecraftian it's 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 an existential crisis for the world and when that happens it's not like we can hit a reset button or or go back to a simpler time beforehand it, it's that's the way life is now we have to live with the fact that we have lived through that fact. It's good to be back, guys. Even if we're still not at 100% yet. Well, Jason is a hooker. It was 
was my plan, and I still fucked it up. So sorry about that, but I think we did it okay. It's okay. I, I think I'll, it work. I'll figure it out enough, probably without even that. <laughs> but uh, welcome, 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 everyone and all, to this new episode of. Unless it's actually maybe it's an old episode that you're listening to. It doesn't matter. You're listening to uh, see no, hear no, speak no. That is true. Because, dude, that's us. Fuck, I almost forgot. Because we suck at this whole schedule thing, you know, when it comes to letting all you dum-dums know about the UFOs, the conspiracies, and the blinders. However, we promise to be better in the future. Yeah, we've both been uh, ill lately. And, of course, with the kids and the families and the, the Christmas time and, and all that entails. Hopefully... Things have died down well enough for us to, to, goddamn, get back on the ball. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I literally have a book of, uh, of uh, reasons why you have no choice but to excuse me for my absence and my slackery, because you don't fucking know me and you have no choice anyway. So, I don't even need this book. Uh, it's fictitious anyway. Mm-hmm. Even though it does I said not, it, was it does not exist. No, no. Mm-mm. Right. But um, the opposite of, of literal, actually. So, right, yeah. right, right. Because I'm an asshole as well. So, <coughs> yeah. Screw you guys. Yeah, you are. So, however, tonight is like I said, Christopher's night to shine, and he has quite the tale of weaving tales to tell and weave. Oh, shine! I shall shine! I shall because we are revisiting. Um, I say revisiting, but we're, we're just, we're, we're just going back to one of our main topics, uh, you know, in the title and stuff, the UFOs. That's right. But is it? We just don't know. I mean, you do, and we will shortly enough after you say what it is. It's been a while since we've touched on, uh, or done one of these topics, and I felt like, you know, uh, the new year and stuff, it's uh, it's time to get back into what we love so much. That's not just Moida's. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I figure why not start off with a bang? This particular one is um, has been uh, noted or let's say, um, I don't know, just called by some. Uh, to be the equivalent of the Russian Roswell mm-hmm. is is what some call it. I don't find it to be that necessarily. No, just I, just because it's a big uh, supposedly could be UFO thing that happened doesn't mean that it's the the Russian Roswell since Roswell is an air force base that supposedly houses aliens and and craft. Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> if, if you want to take just the incident alone and what data has been recovered uh, uh, for both of these incidents Ros- you know Roswell versus this one which I, I suppose I guess I'll tell you what it is uh, this is the Tunguska incident that happened um, near the Tunguska River in uh, Siberia um, so in uh, I'll tell you more about it later but um, I guess if you're just talking about like the amount of data and the strangeness of how putting it all together doesn't seem to fit any mainstream theory. Um, yeah, they're both 
yeah, pretty far up there uh, of of weird shit. But honestly, there there have been other accounts with um, also same types of data that are, in my opinion, way fucking weirder. But this one's still really cool. So uh, this happened in uh, June thirtieth of nineteen oh eight. Um, mm, 1908, man. That's it, when when the the men were men and the the bratwurst were made of of chickens, which is not a good thing. It's just that's it's nostalgic for a lot of folk. Uh, well, no, it's not nostalgic for any folk. They're all dead. Uh yeah. I think the last living um, uh, actual eyewitness to this event mm-hmm. uh, has has passed now. Oh. Pour a little out on the ground for him. Shit, man. 1908, that that was, uh, let's see, 2008 would be 100 years, Mm -hmm. and then 2018 is 110 years, so now we're in 23, Mm -hmm. so 115 years. Damn. Man, it seems like it was only yesterday, Um, but I also wasn't there. Well, one of the interesting points uh, of, of this and other occurrences um, that have happened in in other countries uh, besides the U.S. is that you know their sometimes their governments don't let's say lock all the information away on purpose just to be vague and then tell some bullshit story. Sometimes they actually leave the shit as public. Uh, knowledge and continue to send people and scientists and shit in to study it and this is one of those occurrences this shit is still being studied to this day which is super Uh, weird though because it uh you know russia was uh the soviet union at the time which means it was uh you know not it was a red state it's communist and it's it maybe because of that fact uh, they did leave it open because if it's you know uh, truly communism, I guess everybody should be able to 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 know about it or learn about it. But I don't know that they would be so naive as to think that the information wouldn't get out elsewhere, or maybe they don't even care if it does at that point. Really, uh, I I mean I know, um, or at least I've uh, from what I've heard, uh, Russia does keep some things. Uh, over the years, ha- has kept some things under wraps. What? And Russia? has nah. let some things out as far as these um, UFO and or extraterrestrial and or just completely unexplained, we don't fucking know, situations are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, not, they're, they're not like uh, Chile, where uh, Chile pretty much is, is, has started to keep everything on the up and up as far as their investigations are concerned. Mm-hmm. And they've actually, uh, Chile has actually opened up a, um, like a national park uh, uh, section in one of their national parks that is known for uh, being uh, like a, a hotspot for uh, just witnesses of lights in the sky and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they've, it's a, just a certain section through this, particular national park um forest or whatever and uh it's sectioned off and you know you you can it's a it's an hour tourist attraction hmm it's uh it's pretty cool but in this case uh it's 
it's such an interesting th occurrence that they have allowed scientists to continue to study this. Um, and the more data they pull, that they keep pulling from it, uh, thanks to technology and or just, you know, fresh eyes, you know, different minds on it and that, that kind of thing, um, the weirder it gets. Well, I mean, it's, it's already weird when you're taking people's eyes and putting them in your head. Hey, Frank. Uh, my eyes is my eyes is tired. Uh, come sit over here by the spoon chair. I mean, really, you could use your same eyes and just change the ocular muscles, and that would be that would probably alleviate. Right. Yeah. You know. So okay. So Frank, uh, sit next to that knife chair. <laughs> the knife and the knife like, and spoon chair. <laughs> what if they made like muscle relaxer spray for your eyeballs? I'd... Or just eye drops, and you could just like hmm. drip some muscle relaxer in your eyeballs and fucking. But would that rejuvenate the muscles in there, or would it? Hell no! It would just that make would your eyeballs go wet all. Noodles. Yeah, your eyeballs would just go all loosey goosey, and I mean, you would googly. have to regulate the dosage pretty, pretty, pretty firmly. But mm -mm. how else are you gonna get high on it? <laughs> well, your eyeballs. No, I guess they could get high if they really wanted to. Okay, that I, you're you're getting me off subject. Damn it, we got a lot of info to go through. I don't know that there's a subject. There really is. Oh so yeah, this is what the Tuskegee happened. Airmen. I remember. Go ahead. This is what happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there, there was there was there were not a lot of. Um, nope, I'm not following that joke. Never mind. You can't make me do it. I so on the morning of June thirtieth, nineteen oh eight. Shut your face right now. You should. Uh, <laughs> A fiery body flew over the wastes of central Siberia. Uh, this is a swampy marshland. Um, and uh, June 30th, I guess, maybe this particular portion of Siberia wouldn't have been covered in and, 10 feet of yeah, ice. That's what I was, I was wondering if, if they had like a, like a layer of frost or something like that. And yeah, okay. Um, I mean, it is Siberia, so, so uh, June be damned, I think, is is what Siberia says. That's their, their t-shirt slogan. June be damned. June be damned. Mm -hmm. So as far as the witnesses uh, were concerned, as far as like a radius of how like how far people stretched that, that, that they could see this thing, mm -hmm. uh, it says... Uh, it was clearly seen by inhabitants on the settlements situated on the banks of the Angara, the Yanisi, and Lena rivers, as well as by Tungus nomads in the Taiga. So the Taiga is a is a you know pretty barren region mm -hmm. of the uh, of Siberia, and it's fucking huge. Um, so later on, it'll tell you exactly. Like, let me see if I could scroll down to it in this article. See if it, it, it'll tell you roughly how many people saw this thing mm, because, because it, it, it is it does, a, it's crazy it is a massive number and it's it's almost a, a number that just you don't feel right even accepting even though you know it's it's right because it's so crazy it's so crazy far away where people saw it and then felt the the impact oh yeah they they could feel and measure the the blast waves in london <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous um maybe i'll just have to get to it uh total number of eyewitness testimonies is about 700 mm -hmm. and they they tallied all that up in 1981 
um, the what they're calling the Tunguska space body, the TSB, hmm. um, was seen at a distance of up to 1,000 kilometers from the place of its explosion. Uh, and then it gives you a, like a, a picture of the map and where, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's a there's a lot of fucking graphs and shit in this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so scrolling back up to the top, because this is this is the actual scientific information, mm-hmm. um, which I think is awesome because it shows what mainstream isn't telling you in all the other articles. Like I was saying earlier, I read a buttload of articles and they're all the fucking same except mm-hmm. for this one. Thanks a lot, fat cats up in Moscow. Jesus. <sighs> don't even know if it's moscow i think it's america that's doing it um so that's a lot of fucking people and that's a big distance that that you know motherfuckers were able to see this thing and that's just to see it yeah um there were eyewitnesses uh that gave reports that said um that said they they saw it shooting in and looked like it was descending um and then it made like a turn like like how how severe a turn are we talking uh well it wasn't like a 90 degree they didn't say it was like a right angle turn or anything that crazy but Mm -hmm. any deviation of the path of uh let's say what mainstream is can is trying to call uh, a meteor or right because meteors don't turn theories i'll get to later (laughs) Literally anything else coming from shooting at this kind of speed, which I'll also get to later. Yeah, to be on fire. There's no maneuvering. It's it's a straight shot, straight mm-hmm. trajectory. Um, so eyewitnesses sound fucking crazy when they say shit like that. But this is what they say happened. So we'll put that to the side for now. So what they're saying is when they when it happened uh which uh, here's the coordinates the airburst now this for now they're calling it an airburst mm-hmm. the airburst devastated about 2150 kilometers squared what what is that of the what's that tiger uh, region miles wise do you know oh shit um Hang on, let's see. Uh, What's the conversion on 250,000 kilometers? I will pull up the conversion right now. KM, wait, M2 miles. Okay, 155,342 miles. Jesus, 155,342 square miles. Is is, is Is the area that is directly affected by this impact? Correct. Like directly physically touched by it. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's fucking huge. Like uh, on a scale that you can't really even imagine. Because mm-hmm. why would you be able to? You're you know six feet tall mm-hmm. at best. Most of you. Uh, <laughs> so this this flattened uh, something close to thirty million trees. Oof. Um, over an area of 200 kilometers, uh, vegetation was burnt. So 200 kilometers. Uh, okay. So it's still 124.274 miles. Jesus. Worth of trees were still burnt and vegetation. So the ground and whatever else, brush and all that. Um, and they're saying that that 
alone the, the the vegetation that was burnt for as far away and yada yada that that it was uh is indicative of a really powerful flash of light a really powerful flash of light yes that's what and they that was published hmm. uh that that uh conclusion was published uh once in 2004 uh, again in 2009 and then again in two, in 2012 hmm that's pretty serious. Yeah, that um, seems like literally anyone anywhere near there would be blinded totally. Right. Well, so so here's here's one thing that um, that this article eventually is well is getting at. If you, if you pay attention, it, it's what it's getting at is that all of these scientists, yes, have been allowed to come in and do all of this work and publish their work and their papers and get recognition for their findings and, and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But one thing is that they're all specialists in their fields. Awesome. So they're doing good work for those particular points of data that they're studying. Uh, but no, none of them are, let's say, for all intents and purposes, uh, a jack-of-all-trades scientist mm -hmm. that can take all of this data and put it all together and say, hey, what the fuck? You know, there's still no explanation, even when they do try to do that. Well, I mean, is, is there no is there no uh, uh, cooperation between different kinds of scientists of, of, you know, sharing information to try to get a better, bigger picture? From what it seems like, no. And mm. and from if the Big Bang Theory taught me anything, no, scientists do, do not share their fucking information mm. between each other unless they are on a team, you know, the funded team together or some shit like that. No, that shit is very, very hush-hush right. uh, between each other. They have to wait until something is published before somebody can take that research and then either redo it or try to disprove it or whatever the fuck they do. But yeah, no, it's very hush hush. So what 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 what's happening is that all of these points of data and things are being established over a hundred plus years worth of worth of excuse me studies, and not only is no one no one qualified or group qualified to come together and put it all together and come to any kind of consensus on what they think it could have been mm -hmm. not only that but there's no one that can just take all of the current methods and do one full sweep you know of everything they could possibly do you know currently right now and put it all together like it just it's not happening it maybe it can't happen we don't know but it's not happening and that's basically what this is saying needs to happen mm. i mean i i could do it i just don't feel like it i mean it sounds like a lot of work mm -hmm. um and it makes sense that this that, that that's what would need to happen but from after after i get through all of this uh, it sounds to me personally, and we'll ask your opinion at the end, Jay, but it sounds to me personally like even if and when they are able to do that, they're still not going to have any real idea of what the fuck this could have been. Well, so, yeah, you can't have uh, a concrete kind of theory about it because there's there nothing there <laughs> it still exists of it. So, you know, well, what do you do at so that point? One, yeah, well, that and that's the thing. You have to you have to study the land. You have to study the the after effects, and then you got to take all that data and you know 
do science stuff with it. I mean, um, so the, the one of the documentaries that I watched, uh, go all, along with all of these fucking articles and shit, uh, because I did not want to get this information wrong. Uh, but one of the documentaries I watched, I didn't notice when it came out that the, the videography and everything quality sound looked maybe like it was from early 2000s, maybe 2010s at best. So it looked like a v- but, um, VHS kind of thing. A little better than that. It looked like early DVD. Uh, okay. But at that time, they were on camera interviewing the last living eyewitness. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, she's long gone by now. But what another thing she said about this, aside from the fact that it turned, it, you know, it did not come in straight. Um, another thing she said is that it looked disc-shaped. Although she didn't mention that it looked metallic. She didn't mention that it looked like a machine of any kind. She just said at first it looked disc-shaped, but it did have a fiery tail coming off the back. That Are you was sure long. she didn't just have a lisp and was saying dicks-shaped? Well, she was speaking whatever the hell Siberian Russian is. I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know what the fuck they she was speaking. They are famous so. for their lisps. The, uh, the uh, what you call it, the... the Closed caption translation said that she said it was disc shaped. Um, and then when it actually, it was coming in straight and descending. And then when it actually turned, she said it plateaued and, and wasn't falling, wasn't oh, descending okay, anymore okay, so, when it turned. So this, this fiery body, fiery uh, cosmic body, right? Yeah, okay. sure. It's coming in, let's just say at a... I don't know, a seventy-five degree angle, and that shot. And then at some point, it doesn't just turn, but it levels out instead of continuing yeah. downward to to spike the ground. Right. So a seventy-five degree angle would be damn near fucking straight down, and and this thing was coming. I don't in, know let's say, math or like geometry a... or your last name. All right, so they think of a plane coming in for a landing. That's more like what this thing was doing. It was coming in at that type of lateral angle, not more straight up and down, like it was bombing straight into the fucking ground. I'll think about and it so, yes, because that's, I want That's to, what it did. Not because you told it, me to. It leveled out for a second long enough to turn a little bit and then continue to descend into what everybody thought was a crash. I'm really, really very curious uh, to know if it was a just like a, a slight lazy list of a turn or if it was like a noticeable like U-turn of a turn, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm curious too, but at the same time, it really wouldn't matter the speed that this thing was going. If it was anything other than being controlled by something, there's no way it could have turned. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean anything anything interstellar uh, like i i try to keep this in mind maybe maybe i'm incorrect by doing this but orbit of this planet which means it's the speed this planet is spinning and mm-hmm. everything that's spinning around it mm-hmm. is seventeen thousand miles an hour yeah we're we're, uh, we're really moving it uh and not even knowing about it so anything that comes in from outside of that, that breaks that without getting caught in it, 
is coming in well over 17,000 miles an hour, and it's big enough to deny our gravitational orbital pull. So a lot of times, now if it's a meteorite or something like that, a lot of times those will burn up and they have been known to uh, to explode um, before hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. But any of those records and studies that have been done still don't apply to this. And I'll get I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So they had they had designated it the Tunguska meteorite. But that's not, you know, we're not That's kind of just the no easy, solid that's just the easy answer to be able to throw out. Right, right, right. Uh so yes, then the this article is then calling it uh, the Tunguska space body. So the TSB. Um, <clears throat> so on the, at the moment of explosion, which they have determined down to within an accuracy of 10 seconds, um, at the moment of explosion, uh, and also their, their, the accuracy of, of the height the altitude at which it exploded, because hmm. they are saying that it definitely did not hit the ground. Right, right. Um, because there's no crater, there's no impact. Right, there's no impact crater whatsoever. Uh, there, uh, the the trees and everything I'll get to in just a minute. Mm-hmm. So they're they're it's a little more difficult for them to determine the the altitude, but they've they're saying they've narrowed it down to a range of between six and eight kilometers which is only about four miles, four or five miles above the... Um, above the Earth's crust. The surface. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy close. It's crazy close, but like when you first hear that number, or at least for me, uh, four or five miles up in the air, it doesn't seem like that far away, you know what I mean? It, I get that mm-hmm. it is, um, especially when, uh, you know, explaining how giant fucking massive massive explosions happened um but it's it's just weird like you the way that the trees are and shit you would just think that this thing blew up like four or five feet from the ground well yeah and and i'll definitely get into the weirdness about the way the trees are Mm -hmm. uh in just a minute but but yeah that that four or five miles does not seem like very far when you hear about the amount of power Mm -hmm. that came out of this thing so uh, for the sciencey people, they're saying that the total energy released at Tunguska, uh, here the discrepancy varies, uh, but estimations reach more than two orders of magnitude. So one I, I study ordered, is I ordered saying, some magnitude last night. Yeah. Did you? I ordered was four. Was it sloppy? No, it was four orders of, of magnitude. It was... Uh, it, it was well done, but it wasn't well done, you know? Disgraceful. So they're saying it was either from 1.5 by 10 to the 16th joules, that, published in 2008. I know or, that, that joules are a measurement of science stuff, but the way you said it right. really bothered me just now. I'll tell, I'll get to more of what that is. Or 2.9 by 10 to the 18th joules. 
and that was published in 1982. Are those family um, jewels, or are they regular jewels? Are they, you know? They are, I don't know, bigger than gigawatts, I'm pretty sure. Is it bigger than 1.21 gigawatts? Sure. So that equates to, let's hmm? see, where, where if I can find that. Oh, hold um, on, don't leave. I let's see, stupid headphone bastard. Hold on. Okay, now I can hear you again. Sorry, I, I had to take one of my headphones out. It was getting somewhat uncomfortable, but then for some reason, putting that one away, it like reset both of them. Oh. But I'm back. I can hear you. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Queso. Hmm. That amount of power, they're saying, equals to somewhere around 15 megatons of TNT. 15 megatons. What's How many tons is Which, in a megaton? I don't fucking know, dude. Which which uh, another article is saying that that is somewhere around one thousand times what was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Jesus Christ, one thousand times bigger than the fat boy and the little man. Yeah, crazy. They're saying this thing had to have been twice the size of New York. Um. Somewhere, some, some like fucking massive. Okay, so, and it, just real quick, a, a megaton is a uh, a metric megaton. Uh, it's a unit of mass, which is equal to one million metric tons. So, it being God. like hundreds of mass, it being hundreds of of uh, megatons, uh, and each megaton being a million metric tons. That seems like a it seems like it's a little, it's like overkill, you know? Come on, uh, thing that's, from space. Calm down. That's disgusting. Well, you know. So, among the many hypotheses that have been proposed since 1927 to explain this, I'm going to try to run down the list pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Most of them are basically the same fucking thing, just it's changing little bits of of, anyway, so... We have, uh, I think we got 12 in total here. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, it was the arrival of a huge iron meteorite that broke into pieces high above the Earth's surface. Its large pieces and, quote, a fiery jet of burning hot gases, end quote, struck the surface and leveled the trees. Uh, that was published in 1927. I'm not going to try to say all these dudes' names. No, so that's just okay. Yeah, the name thing. Take it as that. Not important. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> number didn't, two. Didn't you just have a, a stream of flaming hot gases before we started? Uh, uh, you I couldn't did. find. Yeah, you couldn't find toilet paper for. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, number two uh, says it was the impact of a huge iron or stony meteorite. So basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, the forest def. The forest devastation in the Tunguska Taiga was caused by the bow wave, which accompanied the meteorite flying in the atmosphere and hit the ground after the meteorite had been disrupted by the forces of air resistance. So basically, the meteorite, if it were, is so fucking massive that it created like a, a pocket of wind or whatever at the, at the ground level 
that was big mm-hmm. enough for for it to compress it so uh, perfectly that it would it make itself explode. I think that's yeah, that's what that's saying. I like that. That's a, that's a good theory, Which, Jason. It's a pretty cool theory that was published in 1959. Uh, number four, uh, thermal explosion of the icy core of a comet. Okay. Interesting. It was published in 1960. It would still have to be a fucking huge comet, right? Huge. I mean, all yeah, all comets are pretty fucking huge as far as that's concerned. They are not just meteorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, a lump of, quote, space snow, mm-hmm. end quote, of extremely low density that completely collapsed in the atmosphere. Its bow wave leveled the taiga. So okay. basically the same thing as the other thing, just changing what it says it is. So it, from it's an iron thing to yeah. a space snow. It's sonic boom, basically. Right. Uh, that was published in 1975. Uh, then in 76, somebody said uh, the fast fragmentation of a stony asteroid or comet core. The exact same thing as the other two. Uh, in 2008, somebody said the low-altitude airburst of a swiftly moving stony asteroid. The exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then back in 86, somebody said vapor cloud explosion of a comet core. The exact same thing. Just worded ever so slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Basically calling us all dumbasses if we're not paying attention. Um, I mean, we are. <clears throat> well, we are. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the people that allowed them to publish this dog shit, it wasn't. Dog uh, shit? So, number nine. Shut your face. I like uh, it. Chemical explosion of a fragment of comet Enki. So, the na- this is, they're naming a specific comet that this had to, that they claim this was. Hmm. Uh, so, a chemical explosion of a fragment of comet Enki that was caught by the gravitational field of the Earth and made three revolutions around it after which it entered the atmosphere and evaporated, forming an explosive cloud over Tunguska. Then the cloud detonated. So the exact same thing at the end, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but claiming that it was a fragment blown off of this comet Enki, Mm -hmm. and that it specifically took three laps around the Earth before coming in at that trajectory. Right. And well, but at the end where it says that... uh, which created uh, a lot of dust or whatever, uh, and then that exploded. So like, so basically, it would have broken up in the atmosphere, created a lot of dust and debris, kind of, but smaller since it wasn't a central hit. And then uh-huh. the dust itself somehow, through the sheer speed of the the impact, ignited. Well. Yes, I think essentially that is what they're saying. Okay, cool. What they're not explaining is how that could happen. What would be the ignition? I mean, everything's source. everything's technically flammable, Chris. You just have to have a heat intense enough to cause the reaction. Yeah. Okay. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. So uh, number ten says annihilation of a meteorite consisting of antimatter. That was published in nineteen forty-eight. A little I, like that is a, a powerful, massive explosion, but I just feel like antimatter would have just bored a, a permanent whole tunnel through the earth on its way out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, w- I would think that would have been much more devastating too, as as per some of the studies of you know uh, that have been done 
in more recent times than this was published in 1948. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, number 11 says a natural thermonuclear explosion of a comet core. The same fucking thing from mm-hmm. 1989. And number 12 says a nuclear explosion of an alien spacecraft. Now, mm-hmm. here's the funny mm-hmm. thing about that. Is that you believe that it's true? No. Okay. Is that that was published before the Roswell incident happened. Hmm. Now, granted, this was published in Russia. This was a Russian scientist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, that happened. Now, granted, Roswell is uh, uh, well known that it is not at all the first on-file or reported or right. studied right, right. Uh, UFO crash or you know sighting. But the fact that this was... This happened in 1908, so and then Roswell didn't happen until 1947. So this incident had 46 years of being studied before this person said mm. that. And then the following mm. year, almost, uh, so July of 1947 is when the Roswell crash happened. Um, and if you remember from the story of the dude who coined the phrase flying saucers, that also happened before the Roswell incident. So coincidence we got a lot of shit i think uh, duh <laughs> duh <laughs> uh so you know at the end of that it's saying that all of these hypotheses uh were met with considerable difficulties when trying to account for all of the pe- peculiarities of this event i say we um, blame jim and go home finally let's just say jim did it i miss my kids well I mean, you can miss your kids all you want. They still smell like turds. Yeah, so, you're right. I'm going to stay and we're going to figure this thing out for real. Let's do it. Taking babies. So, the primary problem with the conventional interpretation of the Tunguska event, as per this, this paper that was published, mm-hmm. is that there is no trace of either asteroidal asteroidal, sorry, or cometary material at the site of the explosion. So no fragments of meteor, no, no nothing, no none of that. All right. For hundreds of miles. Okay. As far as they have recovered, uh, what the, the mm. only physical thing that they have recovered are fragments they, they claim uh metallic fragments that are smaller than one millimeter but there was a fuck ton of them now this paper is claiming is saying that they were found on the ground scattered around the ground for miles Mm -hmm. uh but some of the other documentaries and things are saying that they were also found in the trees that were mowed down by this uh, by this event. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. None of them are actually uh, saying what they are. Yeah, I was about to oh, say. So there's know. no, there's been no analysis of the material to give us a a better glimpse at what at least the fucking thing is made of. Ah, uh, no. I mean, the evidence that has been recovered, as far as that physical evidence, uh, nothing that I have read is is saying anything about analyses that were done on them or where they currently are. So we don't know who's got them. 
I'm assuming the Russian government, um, this did happen long enough ago that uh, KGB agents and agencies were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so it, it, it goes on to talk about more of the data, which, which is pretty freaking weird when it all comes down to it. So it's saying that there's a serious method, methodological problem uh, that's being overlooked, uh, which is the need to take into consideration all of the imperial data and to reconstruct the event before building any models of it. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense to reconstruct the event as best you can. But when, again, when you start looking at all of this evidence and putting it all together, it's really difficult to reconstruct this event with any conventional theory of it just being space debris. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see, it goes on to say... So... More often than not, it is only some general characteristics of the leveled forest area that are taken into consideration, uh, and some characteristics of, you know, uh, atmospheric conditions and seismic conditions and all that other kind of stuff. So they're not even, they they haven't even yet done full in-depth to the degree of technology that we have to date. They need right, to go right, back right. and redo it all. Uh, so we they have grouped the the evidence into three main groups, and that would be material traces, uh, instrumental traces, and informational traces. Okay. So explain yourself, sir. Okay, so the material traces would be actual physical evidence from the site such as these metallic pieces and uh, this other stuff here. So specifically, uh, with the leveling of the trees, uh, this, was, this was studied by a dude whose last name is Fast, actually. That's a pretty mm-hmm. cool last name. Uh, and he dubbed this, uh, his findings, uh, the F- Fast's Butterfly. So... Over an area of 70 kilometers, uh, so 70 across, 55 long. So let's see how much data. How much data? 70 across, 55 long. So 43 and a half miles across. Hmm. And 34 and, you know, 0.17 long. So that's a pretty fucking big ass area. Indeed. So that was specifically the leveling of the trees that he studied in in this particular area because what he found was that there isn't just a specific pattern as if something came streaking from one single direction and detonated over it. It should be very evident to show the trajectory and, and all of this. What he's finding is that we, you know, without giving you a bunch of fucking numbers that don't make any damn sense to me personally, because I'm not a math guy like this. Uh, but what he's finding is that there are actually two separate, uh, trajectories, either meaning a, Hmm. this thing 
came in, detonated, and flew off. Mm-hmm. Or two came mm-hmm. in, one detonated, and the other flew off. I like the uh, I like the first one where it's just like, oh man, I gotta fart so bad, and so he comes down to earth and that just a big explosion. He's like, oh, I feel so much better, and he's just taking off. That's uh, Aww. but the the game of chicken that ends badly for one of these uh, alien spacecraft is is also it's a fun one to think about. I mean, it is. It it is because what else? I mean, you know, I'll leave it up to to your speculation, kids, boys, and girls. But what else could have done such a thing? Um, Angels. So the trees in the outfield. Are, I don't know. Angels in the outfield. Go. Go ahead. No, you're gonna have to talk amongst yourselves about that because that 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 ain't me. Um, so one cool thing is that the trees themselves that are actually all the way knocked down are actually kind of laying, let's say, a, weaved across each other mm. in kind of a herringbone sort of pattern. Uh, that also tends to happen. Uh, now, this is I'm not saying that these two things can be compared as possibly the same thing, but that sort of pattern laying of the vegetation also happens in crop circle and mm-hmm. not the ones that people do personally with a board and, and a string and shit like that, like actual crop circle occurrences where mm-hmm. it can be proven that no human was out there. Racist. The, the pattern of the way the, the plants are laid down is mathematical. It like, it's perfect. It's crazy. Mathematical um, dude. Sorry. So Brick. This is this is pretty cool that, that he that this guy has found that the evidence is showing there's two separate trajectories going on. Mm-hmm. Both coming from the same direction. But that's another weird thing. How is that? How? Uh, so the the bow wave itself that he's saying from the from the detonation is mm-hmm. is showing that the trees aren't just laying down the way you would think they would, right? At any right. height. Right, right. Um, so this is saying, uh, because the bow wave travels symmetrically relative to the flying body's trajectory, right? Okay. This axis is, in fact, the projection of the trajectory. Okay, so it's talking about this this other separate axis. Uh it attests that at the final stage of its flight, the uh, Tunguska space body um, was flying over the area of forest destruction in just this direction that is from the south uh, east-southeast to west-northwest, so at a little bit of an angle. Um, and in the middle of... What was it saying? So, in the middle of the 1970s, uh, Fast and his colleagues, having studied the additional data on the leveled forest collected in the field, concluded that there existed another belt of fallen trees showing a feeble heronbone pattern and running at an angle of 99 degrees to the east from its geographical meridian. So, almost exactly from east to west. So, So the first one... The hit-and-run spaceship... Uh, that ran basically 
That is what it sounds like. One is coming wow. east, southeast to north, west, northwest at an angle. Mm-hmm. The other one's coming almost directly across it. Wow. Uh, and and that would never happen if it was just one simple, well, one single detonation at one single point. What about so that's if fucking it weird. exploded four or five miles from above Earth? What if its own explosion was so crazy powerful that it sent a smaller yet still quite substantial chunk uh, in basically uh, a, a check marks freaking you know trajectory so like what if it just shot it back and it's just a smaller piece of the insanely large first piece uh that's possible but still it would have to have landed somewhere um and not if it's allergic to siberia i mean everything's allergic to siberia not siberians um, they dig it there it's weird (laughs) So it's it goes on to state that uh, quite remarkably there is an area of about eight kilometers in diameter at the epicenter of the explosion where trees were scorched and devoid of branches but remained standing upright like mm. telegraph poles. Okay, so, so they got all of the damage uh, fire-wise, but not a whole lot of the percussive like physical shove. Right, right, and. That's weird. So they then went on to to dub them telegraph poles. Uh, But that particular phenomenon points to the effect of a blast wave with its origin at a height of six to eight kilometers. Uh, Although the Tunguska explosion is often referred to as the largest impact event in recorded history, there was, in fact, no impact in the strict sense of this word. He's trying to make a fool of us. It's it's weird. It's I mean, you, you sometimes you in this in these types of cases you have to put. I mean, you don't have to, but it's easier to put a simple explanation and just let people go on about their day. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know the so information, also, but I'm also lazy and kind of dumb. Can you just give me a synopsis? <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is sum it all up. No, not you, you dumb dumb boys and girls out there. I'm um, mentioning the situation you just talked about. Oh, I know. And and I'm just you, putting it, Never mind. You just so, to add to that, uh, a trace of the bow wave in the leveled forest extends westward beyond the epicentral zone, which can mean that a fairly massive body flew westward after the explosion. Like we said. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Fairly that, that, massive body. Like it would just have to be such a gigantic, gigantic thing. Like so, so gigantic a thing for it to, like I said, forcefully rocket off a part of itself, still large enough to, to you know, make people take notice. But it's fucking crazy. It is. It, it's really, and it, and it gets crazier. Ooh. So. In the as far as they were talking about, you know, the the flash of light and how it burned the trees and the and the vegetation, uh, it too is butterfly like in its pattern when they when they studied it. Was this thing um, just a gigantic butterfly? You can tell me. 
I wish. That would be cool if we got a moth hiding out on this planet. It that's might be not interesting. a butterfly. That is, that's a moth. It would be better if it that's was... That's the hobo yeah, I mean, version be... of the butterfly. Oh, you shush it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be better if it's a mothra than a batra, but we'll... That's for a different episode. I don't know all the different names, podcasts all together. Mm. So the 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 burn zone is uh, is basically showing the same thing that its axis of symmetry was running from east to west. Uh, it extends up to sixteen kilometers to the east from the epicenter, with two separate zones being noticeable within it: the zone of intense burns and the zone of weak burns. Right, so that would make sense. How heat dissipates what about the zone of healing the zone of i don't know i got nothing uh (laughs) theoretically it says traces of severe burning must have remained at the center of this figure and those of weak burning at its periphery makes perfect sense in reality the picture looks more complicated The zone of weak burning extends from the east into the zone of severe burning, and along the axis of symmetry, the burning is considerably weaker than that at a distance from it. So, at the very center of the figure, uh, that that this little drawing they have down here, there is evidence of the maximum level of the light flash. So, I think what that's saying is that... Wait... So, the zone of weak burning extends from the east. So, if it's going from the east to the west, it goes from the east into the zone of severe burning and along the axis of symmetry. Okay, so, it's as if it's not burning as hot until it gets to the main point, Mm -hmm. central point, then it burns real hot, and then it keeps going. Hmm. So, the... The weak burns are before and after the epicenter instead of surrounding it. That's a little weird. Right. Which kind of goes to making this strange butterfly effect to the pattern of burning and kind of corroborates the, what the other guy was saying about uh, the trajectory. So that's friggin' weird. So, Having examined the traces of burning, they in 1967, they calculated that the heat radiation from the light flash in the, in the overall radiation of energy from the explosion was not less than 10% and perhaps even 25% of the total energy released. So that's kind of a funky, I don't, that's hard to understand what they're saying there. Okay, so but, the radiation that they can measure is only, what, what did you say percentage-wise? Uh, 10 and possibly as high as 25. All right. So, uh, the things that they can quantify are only 10 to possibly 25% of the entire, like full on explosion. So it had to have been at least 75% or, you know, whatever, 75% more powerful. No, that's just saying that that's the only radiation that they can, uh, that they can find and and search and track. The other stuff had to have been <clears throat> somewhat the same if it's all exploding from the same goddamn thing. But they're saying huh. that the full force of the explosion is seventy five percent more powerful than the stuff that they can that they themselves oh. can keep track of. Oh, okay. I was not getting that from it, but that okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so uh 
It was therefore not only a high-altitude explosion, but also a high-temperature one. Of course, for a high-temperature explosion of a comet core or stone asteroid, the small cosmic body must have been moved through the atmosphere at a great velocity, uh, upwards of tens of kilometers per second. Wow. That's fucking crazy fast. Mm -hmm. And do you understand, like, I don't even understand it, but do you have any idea of the size of what how big this fucking thing had to be to be able to be moving at that speed and you to still fucking see it with your eyes <clears throat> they did say that it was like the size of new york or whatever right uh i think so yeah if, mm-hmm. if uh, yeah if, if i remember correctly I, I did say that and i think i did read that um twice the size actually mm. that's fucking insane so tens of kilometers per second I don't even know how fucking fast that is. That's retarded. Yeah, it's really fast. <laughs> so uh, on to the the these metallic remnants. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they said, uh, although some silicate and metallic, uh, in parentheses, containing cosmochemical elements, i.e., nickel, iron, and cobalt, uh, they're little spherules. So these tiny little balls that they found mm-hmm. um, that were, like I said, smaller than one millimeter. So these tiny, 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 tiny little balls. Uh, That's what you have, yes. In, in the peat and soil. Uh, the number of these spherules is too much, too small for an, an icy comet core uh, to say nothing about a stony asteroid. Uh, hmm. The overall mass of space matter spread over Tunguska in 1908 was a few tons at best. But a powerful explosion of the comet core entering the Earth's atmosphere could have happened only if both its mass and velocity had been very high. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay gotcha. So, right. So that's saying there's, there's reasons why they explode and only specific reasons. They don't just all do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So uh, uh, it says, according to well-justified estimations, the mass of the hypothetical Tunguska comet could not have been less than, fuck, I don't know what these numbers mean. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Most probably these microscopic spherules were due to the usual background fall of extraterrestrial matter. So... uh, They're just the, the the whisper fart left behind. Okay. Mm hmm all right That's however <laughs> some local geochemical anomalies have been discovered at the epicenter of the tunguska explosion so now we're getting into past the trees into the soil and stuff uh the soil and peat are have been enriched with rare earth uh elements mm-hmm. such as a buttload of ones i've never heard of uh samarium europium terbium Eterbium, uh, spelled with a Y, uh, mm-hmm. and yttrium, and I guess there's a few others, as well as uh, barium, mercury, copper, titanium, zinc, and some other elements. That was all noted in 1980 and 84. Mm. So that's kind of crazy, because then it goes on to say that the ratio of these rare, these more rare elements... Uh, is crazy it's ridiculous 
the content of terbium exceeds the norm by 55 times uh, that of the thulium uh, is exceeded by 130 times uh, the europium by 150 times and so the, the levels that they're finding are just yes. astronomically over what they should yes. be in the area exactly nice. the euterbium is the last one <clears throat> and it's over 800 times God damn. what the norm should be in any normal yeah, place and that was all published uh, again in 1999 um so that's pretty crazy, and it too shows a bit of a butterfly effect to the pattern at which they're finding this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it goes on to to state that that these the levels and, and all this other shit has enriched the soil to the point that the new and surviving trees grew twice as fast huh. in those areas where the soil is crazy. So explosions is good for trees after all. That tree lied to me. (laughs) That tree lied to me. Uh, (laughs) Patterns of similar shapes are found at at Tunguska for the surface distributions of lanthanum, lead, silver, and manganese. But for iron, nickel, and cobalt, and chromium, the patterns of their distribution had no association with any special points or direction of the area of leveled forest. So basically they're saying that they can, they can tell what's indigenous and what levels and mm-hmm. what isn't. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this it's saying that, that the iron, the nickel and the cobalt, all cool. Those didn't have anything to do with it. All the other crazy ones, that shouldn't fucking be there, right? Not the way it, not the way it's showing up. Um, so yeah, it uh, the ecological consequences turned into, um, uh, like I said, a very fast restoration of the forest after the catastrophe and accelerated growth of trees, both young and those which survived the incident. Uh, and that was published in 1963 and 67. Hmm. And the second thing was that a sharply increased frequency of mutation in the local pines uh, was noted in 68 and 1975. Um, there was also discovered a rare mutation among the natives of the region, which okay. arose in the 1910s in one of the settlements nearest to the epicenter. Now, the in, in that one documentary that that was showing, you know, interviewing the last living person, uh, she had made mention of the fact that a lot of people that she knew and and in surrounding areas were started getting sick and dying of what can be likened to radiation poisoning. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the presence of feeble, it says, but noticeable radi- radioactive fallout, uh, is an empirical fact um, confirmed by the findings of the peaks of radioactivity dated 1908 in trees that had withered before 1945. So 1945 is when they started all the uh, A-bomb tests. Well, well, couldn't it, uh, I mean, no matter what it was, really the material of it, uh, it was it like comets and, and, and cupids and donors and blitzens, they all have radiation uh-huh. inside them, right? Like when they explode uh, this massive thing, like they're 
it's not like a crazy yeah. world changing shocking discovery that they have found radiation right 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 anything coming from out of space is yes is is fucking drenched in it for sure um so yeah i'm not gonna bore you with all the radiation talk but it's it it is they're saying it wasn't quite as bad as what the the claims were and the reports were of the deaths of the Mm -hmm. radiation poisoning was uh, you know so I, I don't they're not really going into much of that right. um but it does mm-hmm. go on to say uh which i think is kind of cool just because it sounds kind of cool um but it's probably very dangerous mm-hmm. <laughs> uh within 10 to 15 kilometers from the the epicenter uh the level of thermoluminescence of local minerals considerably exceeds the background level so luminescence is you know that they glow got they glow mm. right thermoluminescence i assume is that they grow they glow because of heat right mm-hmm. so uh the zone of the increased thermoluminescent levels has an axis of symmetry running almost directly from east to west so if you think back the original what they're calling the original event was running from east southeast to west northwest. Hmm. All of these other things are showing pretty much basically east to west. So, which one detonated and which one just flew over, we don't know necessarily. Not even pinpointing that it was two things, but the evidence is kind of showing that it was two things. Yeah. Well, I mean. And that the first one went diagonally, the second one left more evidence somehow which is what yes so so there's there's technically uh, a smaller site exactly like tunguska not that far from it somewhere could very well be yeah but they haven't found one yet that's some bullshit man right so that's that's pretty friggin crazy um so then it goes on to the uh, instrumental traces, which is, you know, obviously our seismographs and shit like that. that and are, jazz that piano, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, in 1976, the leading Russian uh, specialist in monitoring foreign nuclear tests, um, Professor, yeah, that guy's name, uh, mm. <laughs> he was asked by the Committee on Meteorites of the USSR Academy of Sciences to determine the magnitude of the Tunguska explosion. He examined in great details these seismograms and concluded that the most probable magnitude of the explosion... Oh, shit. Wow. So that other article was wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. The probable magnitude of the explosion was 30 to 50 megatons. Wow. And and really, it's not the other article being incorrect. It's just uh, papers and studies done at different times. So, Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Um, (laughs) So in their attempts to explain why this is so weird, they uh, went on to show a uh, a microbarograph, microbarograph. So anyway, it, it measures variations of atmospheric pressure when explosions and things like that happen Mm -hmm. so when a non-nuclear explosion happens um the the graph looks one way 
when a nuclear explosion happens, it looks another way. Both of those are pretty obviously that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Tunguska, on the other hand, looks crazy compared to those two. Um, also, oh, but it does look more uh, closely related to a nuclear explosion. The way that this thing is, it has picked up the data. Um, which is interesting because a lot of other things are basically pointing to that too. Um, it says, uh, do, 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 do. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to skip over the, the ridiculous <laughs> like number info that just doesn't fucking mean anything to us normies. Um, so it's saying that is definitely weird because it did recognize it did register as being recognized as something that was nuclear. Um, well, the strength, the explosion, fooled them into thinking it was nuclear. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the nuclear explosion with magnitude of several megatons that was carried out at the U.S. testing ground on Marshall Islands in 1954. Uh, so they, they did test of that. A third curve, uh, is a record of airwaves from the Tungu. Okay. So they was just talking about which, what their control groups were. Uh, the recording was made in 1908 in London is wow. The biogram, uh, evidence that they're using from Tunguska was actually measured in London. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you, yeah, just you can see how different they are. They use a lot of words to explain that. Uh, minutes after the explosion, uh, a magnetic storm began. So now you get an, uh, like this big, crazy electromagnetic storm <laughs> that happens after this. And then uh, right and after lasted, that, the Andre the Giant came to town and kicked everybody in the balls. Oh, God. Uh, can you imagine mm -mm. the size of the flame that dude's farts could shoot? Man. Oh, my goodness. And he's he was noted to really enjoy fart bombing people, too. That's embarrassing. Um, mm -mm. That's huge. Uh, so this magnetic storm lasted for five hours after the explosion. Damn. It could be, could be tested or measured for five hours. Shit, damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, the... Magnetographic and Meteorological Observat uh, Observatory in Irkutsk uh, did this these measurements. Um, no other magnetometric station on this planet detected it. And that was hmm. stated in 1964. How is that possible? Uh, <laughs> I, I, that I don't know. I didn't even notice. I didn't read that earlier. That's That's a pretty interesting statement, though. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, it says, during seven hours before the explosion, uh, the geomagnetic field was very calm. Uh, six minutes after the body exploded, the intensity of the geomagnetic field abruptly increased by four little n big t whatever that means mm -hmm. and remained at that level for about two minutes this was the initial phase of the local geomagnetic storm then began the second phase uh which is called the ride phase uh, <laughs> which lasted about 18 minutes and the 
the magnetic craziness rose again by exponential amounts. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. We don't understand. <laughs> do, 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 do. Actually, you get him. You get him. sounded fun. No. Uh, so, yeah, it, it returned like five hours later to, to its normal thing. Um, the only parallel for this that had been studied uh, was the artificial geomagnetic storms that occurred during the high-altitude nuclear tests. Hmm. So, yet again, pointing to some sort of nuclear explosion or something exploded that had huge amounts of radiation mm. that it was toting along with it. Mm. Which is crazy, because it happened in 1908. What no A-bombs or splitting of atoms in 1908? I mean, that we know of. So what the fuck was this thing, right? Or well, at least not on this planet. Time travelers, who it was. Deal with it. It's the truth. So, <laughs> um, these local geomagnetic storms were first recorded in August of 1958 when thermonuclear charges of some four megatons in magnitude were detonated over Johnson Island at altitudes of 76 and 42 kilometers uh, above you know, the, the surface. As it was soon established, this effect was generated by hard radiation from the fiery ball of the high-altitude nuclear explosion. Under the influence of this radiation, the level of ionization in the ionosphere increased sharply. There Hmm. appear in in it electrical currents, and the magnetic disturbance occurs. So, yeah. That only happens... There was so much... uh, There's so much ion cloud left over after the explosion that it was then uh, integrated into the ionosphere which made a notable uh change in the magnetic uh pull of the earth uh no not quite that serious but but it was they they didn't know how to uh i think they had never studied anything remotely like that until they detonated these bombs and were like, hey, look at that. That's very uh, almost gotcha, identical gotcha. to this. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, they noticed all the different disturbances that they could measure and, and likened the two to each other. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it says, uh, great pains have been taken to explain the Tunguska geomagnetic storm while not referring to the nuclear model of this event particularly via the action of the blast wave or the bow wave from the flying TSB, the, the, you know, the space body, mm-hmm. on the ionosphere. So the blast wave or the bow wave, its effect on the ionosphere is, is what they're studying. not looking into. Yeah. Uh, n- none of these attempts were successful to study this. Hmm. Uh, the proposed non-nuclear mechanisms, uh, oh, sorry, to explain that. Uh, none of the attempts were successful. None, none of those theories made any sense to explain that. Uh, the proposed non-nuclear mechanisms were especially ineffective uh, in explaining this when, uh, because of the long duration of the geomagnetic storm and the fact that it was a very local effect. Uh, in 2003, speaking in Moscow at, wow, the 95th anniversary of the Tunguska problem, 
And that is in quotes. That's a conference that they hold every fucking year. Wow. So uh, this one dude, K.G. Ivanov, agreed that the blast wave in itself could not have been produced, or sorry, could not have produced the geomagnetic effect. Additional ionization of the ionosphere over the place of the explosion was necessary. So, Hmm. what does that fucking tell you? I don't know. It tells me that someone's about to be irresponsible. That tells me that, yet again, another scientist studying especially, specifically, a different angle or, or set of evidences not referring to or basing it on any of these other scientists work is saying the same thing about the evidence of there being two separate bodies flying and and doing whatever they did at the same time that this was detonated because he's saying he said additional ionization of the ionosphere over the place of the explosion was necessary to cause that type of and that huge and long of an electrical geomagnetical storm. Mm, that is what she said, yes. So, yet again, we have one thing flying in at an angle, east-southeast to west-northwest, causing a detonation and continuing to fly off as per the burn... Uh, evidence and the mm-hmm. the blast evidence of the trees and another large huge fucking body of whatever flying through at the same time at the same speed roughly had to be specifically causing another disturbance in an extra disturbance in the ionosphere and flying off continuing to fly off in a, in a little bit different trajectory uh dickheads mm-hmm. inconsiderate mm-hmm. is what it is <laughs> yep yep it's it's pretty fucking weird uh then it goes on to the eyewitness uh, uh some of the eyewitness reports but it doesn't actually go in like give any of them it just says that People if you're gonna them. look at all of this and really study it you have to take into account what the eyewitnesses are saying and try to put their lines of sight and mm-hmm. vantage points and you know things like that into the model or into the recreation before you make the model because yes you obviously can't believe that all of them could explain or you know but w- even what they're saying doesn't quite make sense as to how something of a meteoric or asteroidal uh, origin could have done this um so in conclusion i believe mm-hmm. is where we're at mm-hmm. now pretty much yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna set it up mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh okay great just just a little more um <clears throat> data obtained inside each sector made it possible to create a statistically reliable and coherent image of the phenomenon but these two images are different. In the south, the phenomenon, including thunder-like sounds, lasted half an hour or more. Uh, the brightness was comparable to the sun. 
and the body looked white or bluish. It had a short tail of the same color. After its flight, there remained in the sky iridescent bands resembling a rainbow and stretching along the trajectory of the body's motion. And it Mm. flew from south to north. That's what people from the south areas are reporting, that Mm. it flew from south to north. In the east, uh, the brightness was much lower than the sun. Its color was red, and the shape of that uh, the shape was that of a ball or artillery shell with a long tail. Usually, eyewitnesses from the east said uh, a red fiery broom or a red sheaf was flying, mm-hmm. and it was swiftly moving in the western direction, leaving no trace behind. And the duration of that phenomenon, they claimed, did not exceed a few minutes. Uh, so. Those are very different. That doesn't make much sense at all unless they're seeing two totally different things. What if the second group is mentally unwell? I guess maybe. But what that's also saying is that people from the east saw it heading west-northwest, but they're claiming basically just north. And people from the, oh, sorry, that was people from the south. And people from the east are seeing it go from the east to the west. So that sounds, again, like those same trajectories that were being noticed. Throw your hands in the air. Weird. Um, You're weird. No, my my smoky stick just stopped You're still weird. Smoking. Like but, uh, but it ain't producing nothing. Okay, so, so uh, I think it is time for, for final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a few other things about the, the blast, but, but, uh, if the, um, so yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is going on to, to, to talk about two fucking bodies. So when you're, re- when you're reconstructing the event, it says it seems conceivable that two space objects uh, exploded at Tunguska due to its internal energy, its concentration approaching that of a nuclear explosion. The explosion was accompanied by ionizing radiation and radioactive fallout. Uh, The ionizing radiation induced a magnetic disturbance in the ionosphere, which developed into a local geomagnetic storm lasting about five hours. somehow the second object uh, survived this fiery explosion and flew further west. Um, But it has never been found. No more evidence has been recovered. Um, And yeah, pretty much any idea of this being a fucking asteroid or a meteor or a piece of a comet or any fucking thing like that does not compute nothing does nothing computes it i'm my my final thoughts are that um i mean i I can't help but stay with the original asteroid theory that you know uh had so much uh so much velocity coming in uh that its own air cushion uh became dense enough to explode it and it just shot off pieces you know, uh, but I'm not a scientist, nor am I a geologist, and I that just sounds most plausible to me, uh, even mm-hmm. if it's not at all plausible in in any way. Right. It's just that's 
to my dumb dumb brain, it, it sounds right. Um, but it is, now, cer- this is certainly 100% a mystery. By definition, a UFO. But mm-hmm. I am not, you know, saying that I'm leaning toward extraterrestrial, uh, 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 like intelligent extra- extraterrestrial intervention right. or I, origins. As much as I would like to, I, I can't either. Well, I mean, but but what keeps me on the fence about like what the f is the possibility of two these two things like they even if it broke up they're not both flying at the same speed anymore because mm-hmm. right the lighter one is going to lose f- speed faster or whatever however mm-hmm. that works they're not going to be flying at the same speed uh if it broke up before the point of detonation or let's say impact or whatever they're calling it yet again something else would have had to have happened there would have been evidence of 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 a smaller blast or something happening to, to break it apart and then those two pieces go flying off in the same directions but i just i don't know that they would be in going the same speed like that i don't know that I, I don't it's just too weird. It's just too fucking weird to say that it it's a rock that just did this weird miraculous thing. Yeah. Especially when you know, when you're when when it comes down to all these weird elements and almost no physical evidence being recovered other mm-hmm. than these weird little sphericals that don't make any fucking sense to the size of what this thing had to be. Mm. For us to never have found a giant fucking rock just sitting somewhere that is of meteor, uh, you know, of, of, of. uh, It was made of marshmallow cream and we all know it. And everybody in the Tungushka area had a wonderful day of s'mores. That sounds like it would bring a lot of ants. That's how you get ants. You know how you get ants is you've just listened to another God damn it, Chris, why can't you give us even small wins for the, the knowledge and answer column uh episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. Uh, I, I can't because I don't want to, but I am curious to hear other people's thoughts out there as to mm-hmm. what the fucking shit this you would, you know, give us some goofy theories or whatever the fuck you want. Uh, in reference to our UFOs, conspiracies, and murders, you bitches. Mm. Email us at snhnsnpod at gmail.com. That's all one word, yeah, all that. lowercase. And, um, yeah, right. email us your theories or your, your show ideas or your ire. Give us some of that. No dick pics, please. No. Unless they're Mm-mm. specifically. No, we're going to just keep that as a blanket no, actually. Attention. Mm. Countdown. Attention, Jason. Three. This is a dick pic. Two. It's just for you. One. I Later, can, kids. I can cut that part out. I'm not as scared of it. Bye. <laughs> Here I go. Do you ever long for true love from me?
in love simple in bastard and a roller coaster Love like yours will surely come my way Hey, hey, hey